0: and welcome back to the turning 30 podcast a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. i'm your host life coach emma wilson and i'm here to help you get unstuck feel better and be more confident at 30. i'm really excited to announce a guest this week after a whole month of solo episodes i'm finally back to some guest formats and I'm really delighted to welcome my friend, past client and current coaching colleague Carly Van Heel to talk all about turning 30 and self-care. Let me introduce Carly. Carly is 32 years old and she is a Brit based in Brooklyn. She's a marketer by profession and has a well-being based side hustle called Studio Self which aims to support people and becoming a better version of themselves than they were yesterday by sharing tips and tools from the world of self-care and personal growth. Carly has recently launched a coaching program as her first offering, and I'm really excited to welcome her into the Turning 30 podcast studio to talk all about why self-care is so important. Hi, Carly, and welcome to the Turning 30 podcast. Hi, Emma. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm really excited. And today's topic is your speciality, as everyone has just heard in the intro. And it's all about turning 30 and self-care. But before we dig down into all things self-care, I thought it would be nice to tell our listeners where and how we know each other, because I think it's quite a nice story.
1: It is. So we'll take everybody back to 2006, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I feel yeah, old saying that. Yeah, I was Such a long time ago. I know. So little Emma and little Carly started college back in the UK or university. Um, we were both doing psychology and I think we met in the first few weeks of doing college together and went through our undergrad doing psychology together and then lost touch after we graduated, as you do, right, as you go into life and, and start to create your path. And then we found each other on Instagram years later, and it was so cool to reconnect and see everything that Emma's been doing. We both live abroad. We both found ourselves in a similar space. So it was really cool to be reconnected. And of course I've coached with you since, and we've got really close, which is really nice.
0: Yeah, and I think, isn't it funny? Isn't it apt that we were both doing psychology and we're now both coaches. Like imagine if we could just go back in time and tell, our little psychology undergraduate selves that we were gonna go on to help people manage their lives and manage their minds I feel like it's just really nice I wish that we would have known
1: (laughs) I know I wish we had too it's funny how things come full circle and I truly believe the universe aligned in a way that made us find each other again so it's really special yeah Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I love that. And as you mentioned, uh, you recently finished the Turning 30 coaching program, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But it has just been so amazing to reconnect after all these years. And I think it just shows that, especially when you're, you know, going through your 20s, your 30s, like, you never know how you're going to see people later on in life and how you're going to, you know, connect with them or um, your relationships will be picked up later on so I feel like that's a really nice lesson for everyone listening that you really do never know uh, where your network will take you
1: exactly it's such a good point so it's funny if you could go back I'd probably say like make sure you are friends with Emma you guys are gonna really get along later in life it'd be really cool
0: <laughs> yeah definitely so before we go into the uh, topic of self-care I thought as you've just completed the Turning 30 coaching program and you probably have your own Turning 30 journey it would just be really nice for you to share with us how Turning 30 was for you.
1: Yeah it just feels such a big milestone in your head doesn't it as you're going through your late 20s it feels like this big kind of date looming ahead of you where for some reason or other society thinks you should have it all figured out by then I mean my mum when she was 30 I was a 12 year old my brother was nine and we're just such a different generation now and I think things that you quote unquote should have at that age are different now and I remember even in our coaching program you would always say like don't should yourself and I love that quote and so I feel fortunate in a way that as 30 loomed I didn't I wasn't as apprehensive about it as I know some people can be. I did decide to actually mark the moment in a few nice ways as well so my husband organized a photo shoot on the day to kind of mark the moment which was really really cute and then I did 30 things before I'm 30 across you know my whole spectrum of life whether it was give back or something for myself something for other people. so I feel like that mentally prepared me for kind of gearing up to to the day but I actually felt a little bit excited about the next chapters of my life and tried to reframe it in that way so that it wasn't a negative date but maybe a positive one but I mean don't get me wrong there's something so special about your 20s and I was certainly a little bit sad to not be 20 something anymore but tried to just be a bit excited about the future as well.
0: Yeah, wow, I really love that. And I think, listen, I obviously know you very well and we've coached together and you you definitely are somebody who has such a positive attitude about the next chapter. I think when you came to me, it was very much like, you know, that feeling of excitement for the future, which is really nice. And I guess that was obviously reflected in the way you celebrated.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I think... I think if I'm always a little bit apprehensive about a moment, I always think, how can I ramp up to it? Because I feel like that helps me mentally prepare versus it suddenly just the day arrives and you you don't know how to mark the moment. So I think the 30 things before 30, I noticed you shared 33 things today too, as you turned 33. And I think as you can reflect on those moments and build up to them, it makes it less of a big deal. I think baby steps.
0: I think there's 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 two categories of people: there are those that love to celebrate and those that don't, and I actually fall into the don't celebrate not don't be grateful but I'm not a big birthday person um I don't really know why maybe I should explore that with my with myself I don't know <laughs> but I, I see that I either have clients or you know friends family members who love and relish a birthday and then I have others who are like I'd rather just stay at home and nobody knows so you know you either fall into one of two camps and maybe it's reflective of the way you see the future or maybe just someone who doesn't yeah. like birthdays or who, an who knows versus extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> yes who knows but, okay, great. So actually I want to ask you about your community and that's basically what we're gonna talk about today, uh, Studio Self Co. But was that linked to turning 30 at all, setting up this community for you? Cause I know um, it was something that you started a couple of years ago, right? So it was in your late twenties. So uh, I never thought of that. And just the question just randomly came to me, but was there something about turning 30 that was linked to starting this project?
1: I think part of it was, yes. So Studio Self was created in 2017, originally hilariously called Working Women's Wellness, just as a placeholder while I was trying to think what I wanted the, wanted the platform to be called. But I do think there was an element of turning 30 wrapped up in it because as I got into my late 20s, I realized I needed to find ways to take care of myself. I think as you get a little bit older, you have more responsibilities that come onto your plate more kind of life challenges thrown your way or at least I did so I think part of my reasoning for wanting to create a community was for myself and for other people like how can you learn to take care of yourself as you as you grow into your late 20s the other factor was the need to take care of myself there was quite a few life stresses that were going on and as as the saying goes three buses arrive at once was kind of how I felt there was a work reorg and a move in tandem with that. We had a family tragedy happen that year. And then I got a diagnosis of Hashimoto's and it all just felt a little bit too much to be honest. And I had never really explored well-being or wellness and didn't really have the toolkit to take care of myself. So firstly, I wanted to find a community that could help me with that and then create my own and then try to find the things that I thought would help me and other people. Feel better about themselves and try to be a better version of themselves than they were yesterday. And then you can build every day because I think good habits are formed by doing the same thing every day. So that that was really how it created. Wow, uh, amazing. And I love
0: stories like that when, you know, we obviously can go through much more difficult periods of life and things that really sit with us and change us. And the best stories are when we take those things and we build something from them. So I think the people out there who are speaking out about lots of different causes and lots of different experiences and and becoming thought leaders for other people, it's because they have their own story. And I think you're a really great example of that. You know, obviously you went through this difficult time, like you said, with with the buses and you took that and made something from it, which is really, really amazing. And I think it would be nice if you could share for you before you went through these things, did you do anything for self-care? Did you take time out of your days to even think about something like that? Or was it just completely like a non, like it didn't, didn't exist.
1: I would say I did things for myself, you know, getting your nails done or something that would be a nice thing to do for yourself. But I would say it was really at the superficial end of the scale in terms of self-care, really the tip of the iceberg. And I think the best things that I have learned about this space over the last few years are really, those things are great and definitely needed and have a place. But I think it's also about doing the deep work and the real work. And that is things like coaching and journaling and making sure you're taking care of your mental health. I think there's a good balance that can be found. But I would say before that moment, I was not doing any of the deep work. I was really just trying to get by by taking a little bit of my care of myself every now and then. And I think sometimes it takes something or some things to come along and really break you down so that you have to rebuild. And it made me take a bit of a hard look at myself and say, wow, when things get really tough, you don't necessarily have the tools in the toolkit to come back to you and process some of these things. And that was really where the need was born for myself and where the community came from. And it kind of went from there really. So it's interesting
0: that you say that because I think there is this, I guess, stigma around the word self-care now that we can definitely talk about because when I think of self-care and I actually hope, I mean, everybody who's listening to this podcast didn't get put off by the name, the title of the podcast, right? Because I'm going to call it Turning 30 and and self-care. But there is some sort of now hype, or there was a hype, I would say it was probably around two years ago now of the whole hashtag self-care Sunday and the whole oh self-care has become such a buzzword and it's a keyword and that's what everyone's doing it and in a way it just almost lost its meaning and self-care became like you said oh go and get your nails done or you know a long hot bubble bath and some candles and don't get me wrong, bubble baths are my most favorite thing in the whole world. (laughs) That is my actual form (laughs) of self-care. But I'm just saying that there was definitely some sort of stigma around self-care on a more superficial level. And I know that when me and you first decided that we wanted to do a podcast episode, we'd even mentioned doing it about self-love. Because really, that's what self-care is at its core. It's self-love and and self-trust and belief that you are worthy. So... Can you just speak a little bit more about, I guess, the stigma about
1: self-care being on the basic level and then really what it is about? Yes, definitely. I love this topic. I feel like I could talk about it all day. (laughs) Um, But I really do think, to your point, self-care is self-love. It's respecting yourself enough to take care of yourself. And that's really what it is at its very core. Are you taking care of yourself unfortunately it has got a bit of a reputation and it's become a little bit fluffy and very much brought into the mainstream in that way but I just see it as self-care is actually a very selfless act it's not a selfish act it's not about I'm going to spend lots of money on myself and I'm going to indulge in lots of forms of self-care great if that's what you want to do by all means but I, I think it comes down to not pouring from an empty cup to be the best version of ourself that we can be for ourselves, for other people, I do think you need to take care of yourself. And for me, what I have found is that self-care actually underpins all things. It can really become your anchor, a way that you can come back to you, come back to a version of yourself that you're really proud of, whether you are a parent, whether you are a leader, whether you are a spouse, a friend, whatever your role is in life, you want to show up for those people, and you want to show up for yourself. I mean, ultimately, the relationship you have with yourself is the biggest relationship you will ever have. It's, hope- it's lifelong. And I think the more we can take care of ourselves, the better that we can show up for everybody around us. And yes, it is those nice, everyday little things, a bath to yourself, that can definitely help. And then I think for me, it's how do you balance that with really doing the deep work too, whether that's, meditation, affirmations, coaching, energy management, therapy, journaling. I love how meditation is now making its way into the workplace, you know, and a tool for leaders to try and be the best version of themselves as well, especially as we navigate a pandemic and, and all the other situations over the last year. The last thing I would say here is I think the word wellness has had a bit of a similar journey as well and has become a fairly affluent space. But I think it's important to remember that there are so many things that you can do to to help yourself that are free. Going on a walk, doing sitting down and meditating and having quiet time, grabbing a piece of paper and writing all your thoughts out. So I always remind people that there are so many free things you can do too, because I think wellness, wellbeing, self-care should be accessible for everybody.
0: Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree more <laughs> with everything that you're saying, especially, the bit about everything being about the relationship with yourself it's just very true and it's why all of my new clients who come to me the first thing i do as part of the coaching program is to say do you give yourself space and time to think and just and to just be and then the first thing that we do in our in our first coaching session is really to come up with a weekly routine that incorporates hopefully daily some people don't have the luxury of that time but try to just have time on a weekly basis at least to like you said pour into your own cup so important because what happens is when we're in the working world as well and especially those of us that are you know running multiple things for example having a full-time job like you do and also have you know, you run Studio Self as well. And when we're balancing and also we want to have a social life and we want to, you know, still be able to watch Netflix and all the things, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, then we just enter into burnout. And when we get into this space of burnout, we cannot give to anyone else, any family members, friends, or partners, you know work we can't do anything and it's so important and I really really love and appreciate what you just said about making it accessible because you're right the wellness space has been inundated with expensive juice cleanses detoxes yoga retreats all those things which are all very nice and well but we can just do basic things so thank you for drawing that to our attention and what are your self-care non-negotiables?
1: Yeah, I do feel I now have the toolkit that I know makes me feel good, which is a big difference to 2017, as I was saying, where I did not have that in my mind. A couple of non-negotiables, and I would encourage everybody listening to do this too, is what are your mood boosters? What are the things that make you feel good sometimes in a day? You only have a couple minutes to bring yourself back to you. It might be between back to back meetings. You may have a short lunch break. So, for me, things that do that are a quick walk with my dog, getting some fresh air. It could be listening to a podcast like this one if I have enough time, making a coffee, doing a two minute meditation. I love the presence app, and you can do a two minute pause, which is really nice. It's amazing how much you can change your headspace in just two minutes. So find a couple of those tools that really work for you. I'm actually sat here right now with some essential oils. And before we hopped on here, even just rubbing that in my palms and breathing it in immediately re me and got me in the right place for this conversation. So find those things that really work for you. I also, there are a couple of other things that are really important to me as I've figured out what works They would be things like journaling, you know, morning pages, empty page, empty the brain out after the night or at the end of the day, doing a yoga flow, 15, 20 minutes, meditation. Those are all the things that are really recentering for me if you've uh, got a lot going on in life, which I think we all do. And then the last things, and these are more, these are less activities and more just things I try to do always on, setting boundaries, like. Do you need to say no to something? Are you biting off more than you can chew? And honestly, a form of self-care for me is planning my week on a Sunday. So I I walk into the week with a plan, being really clear on what each day looks like and scheduling time for myself as well, like it's a meeting with myself. So there are a few things that are definitely, they definitely help me.
0: Yeah, well, so many pills of wisdom there. (laughs) I can imagine people writing phone notes now, writing down all the different (laughs) options. Uh, And yeah, and I think it's true. Everybody has their own things that that center themselves. But one thing I did want to pick up on that you said, which I wish back in 2019, so two years ago, I had just started a stressful new job. And I was in anxiety, in a very anxious state. And self-care wasn't a feature. It was one of those routines where I was really going to work all day and coming home and kind of crashing or going to meet friends for a drink after work and dinner and then that was it there was I don't remember I mean I have a dog so I always have that time that's been a constant feature for however many years of self-care but I never actively proactively did anything and I just want to pick up on that tip that you said about just taking two minutes to breathe because I actually ended up really burning out and going to see an acupuncturist. And he was the one who said to me that you can just do a mini meditation. I think sometimes the word meditation can make people feel a bit intimidated because they think, oh, I don't know how to meditate or I'm not sure what does that mean? Do I have to do a course? Do I have to have a guided meditation? Let's just throw out the word meditate of the sentence and just say, just sit back close your eyes and take, like, three really big, deep breaths. And I've definitely seen this suggested by you on your Instagram before. Like, I definitely, like, would have have seen it. But it's something that now it really, really helps me to recenter. And especially after doing client calls, for example, you know, I think for anybody who's in that space of being in their job and being really rushed and feeling like they don't even have time to do all of these things that we're suggesting you do have two minutes to just sit with yourself and take three big deep breaths and even that in itself is just a really basic but effective form of
1: self-care yeah it really is even so if we all sit here and take a deep breath that was three seconds and I immediately feel calmer after just doing that and you know, breath work is so powerful. And I love that you just demystified meditation because I'm not trained. I'm not an expert. You know, I use apps that guide me. But to your point, at its simplest form, for me, it's quiet time. And to your point, it can be two minutes. So I think that's that's really good just to to clear that for everyone. It doesn't have to be overly complicated.
0: Yeah, and actually my coach, who she's not she's a business coach, she's not spiritually trained or anything, but she recommended to me to just have thinking time and to schedule in my uh, calendar, just one hour where I'm just going to think. And I was like, what? Because to me, meditation is, like I said, quite intimidating. I, I've i actually been dabbling a bit in the past few weeks, trying it, finding it quite difficult, but just trying to see it as, like you said, quiet time. And, but my, my coach recommended to me to just have thinking time and she said, I, I'm allowed to, to journal if I want to, but it was really interesting. And I actually did the thinking time combined with a bubble bath, as you do, because it's like no foam, relaxing. And it was amazing what happened when I just let myself have that space to think. It was so powerful. And I actually came to a few like realizations that I didn't even know were going on. So... I'm the biggest advocate for journaling as you know as all of my listeners know unless you're new I'm obsessed with journaling as a tool but also there's so much more there's so many other options and things to be said about even putting the journal down and just like giving yourself space to just be yeah
1: that's why people always say you can have your best ideas in the shower right we get out of busy beta brain and we actually open up the door for deeper thinking and it's Pretty amazing where the brain can take you sometimes when you let it roam. So that's great advice and definitely something I could do a better job of incorporating too. It's always a work in progress, isn't it? Making sure you've got the right routines down. Yeah, so that was leading on really nicely to my next question,
0: which was obviously you're the guru of self-care, but are there ever times when you drop the ball or have a wobble, you know, or just basically fall out of routines? And if so, how do you bring yourself back?
1: Yes, Absolutely. I am not perfect by any means. And I think that the best thing that I've been able to do now that's different to before is notice when I've fallen off the wagon, so to speak. Mm, And and you feel it within yourself. You feel more frantic and you feel more burnt out and you feel anxious. They're all the warning signs for me that come up where I'm like, okay, Carly, you've, you've stepped away from the tools that you know make you a good version of yourself. So self-awareness is everything. And I need to come back to myself and, and schedule that time to make sure that I course correct so that I don't run through the we- the rest of that day and week feeling that way. I remember we would even talk about this when you were coaching me and we would talk about, okay, what do I need to do this week to feel more recentered if you felt you know frazzled last week? So yeah, I mean, I think... I'm only human, right? So I definitely experienced that. But this community creating content for it holds me accountable, actually. And it's now become a staple of the day. I mornings are, are my time. That's where I love to to do some of the the acts of self care in the morning. And I've got a bit better about setting my alarm a little bit earlier so that I can get up to do it. And it it's really that's really the time that I can build the foundation for the day ahead. But if I notice I don't get that in one morning, I can tell by the way that my day goes.
0: Yeah, I think I get a lot of questions from clients who are finishing the program and they say, what will happen when I'm not being supported anymore? And if I fall back into old patterns and I always think you have the tools and the skills now to do it, not just in coaching, but just in general and, my piece of advice is usually just start with the self-care stuff even if that is just one break per day where you go on the walk or you listen to the podcast keep with the journaling because there's something about it and this is again I'm getting into my coaching theories here but I believe that self-care isn't just good for the act of doing it because obviously doing all of those things takes you to a place you can manage your mind better you feel calmer you feel more resented all of the things that we know we do all of the the acts of self-care that we've been talking about but it's so much more than that it's actually building up confidence so what it's doing is when you make a promise to yourself and say okay uh this week i'm going to for example journal three times I'm going to do yoga twice and I'm going to give me another give me another self-care write
1: an affirmation every day
0: (laughs) right okay and write an affirmation every day they're all great but actually what you're doing is making a promise to yourself so then when you do those things when you commit to your schedule when you commit to the act of doing it the confidence that you gain and the trust in yourself that you gain after you've done it is so amazing that it yes. feeds back around the loop yes. to do more yes and that's why it's so important and i always say this to new clients that i'm not just asking you to do this because they're going to make you feel better i'm asking you because you need to do this so that you can you understand that you are a human being who is worthy of this yeah that you love yourself enough and i know we've kind of looped back around to the topic before just naturally let it flow but that's why self-care is self-love and that's why at the most basic level anybody who's listening who is like oh my god I don't do anything for self-care this is why it's important because the minute you step up and do these things the trust in yourself and therefore as a byproduct your self-confidence is gonna just fly
1: yeah there's something so powerful in making a commitment to yourself and like we said it doesn't have to be a huge grand gesture it can be You know, start small. Do one thing for 10 minutes every day. And if you do that for a week, you'll be so proud of yourself. You'll want to keep doing it. You'll feel better. And so I think that it's just, it's a really powerful tool. Don't be fooled by the fluffy term of self-care. It's just showing up for yourself. And to your point, you'll build confidence and an even better relationship with yourself. And there's nothing more important than that. Yeah. I'm going to... Let's do a role play, and okay. I'm, I'm
0: really spring, I'm springing this on you now. I didn't, we didn't, we didn't prepare for this, but I, I sometimes like to do this. Let's in see how we do. Episodes. Um, okay, I'm going to come to you, and I am looking for advice. So you run coaching sessions. Yes. Yes, for people. So yep. can you just tell us a little bit what you do in the coaching session, and then I'm going to be a potential client. Or I'm going to be a client who's going to come to you and uh, ask you for help.
1: Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, it's understanding. What do you currently, what do people currently do for themselves? You know, I think that's always a really good level setter to start there. So I would ask you to tell me, you know, what do Mm -hmm. you, and this is one component of coaching to your point, I Mm -hmm. think it's the backbone. It won't be the only thing we focus on, but I think it's important for everybody to have their own routines of how they take care of themselves. So that's Mm -hmm. where I would start. I would ask you, Emma, what do you currently do to take care of yourself? Okay,
0: so... Carly, I'm really, really stressed, okay, I am, and I'm in role play here, I'm gonna pretend to be someone else, I was gonna pretend to be me and then I just thought, no, I'm gonna, I'm going, uh, (laughs) going rogue. Okay. Okay, I am currently working a full time job. And it's really, really demanding. I also am coaching on the side. Oh, this is Emma from 2020, <laughs> this time last year. I'm also coaching on the side. I have a few clients uh, per month and it's quite demanding because I'm also running my Instagram, doing all my admin alone. I also uh, want to give time to my partner because I live with him and I have my dog and I want to speak to my friends and it's pre-COVID. So I still want to go out and see them and I'm freaking out. I'm so burnt out I just feel like I can't fit any time in the day for self-care and I know I've seen your Instagram and I've seen your stories and all the amazing things that you're doing but it just doesn't feel like it's something I can do I just don't have the time can you help me
1: yes definitely can help you I mean firstly what a busy life Emma of 2020 is having (laughs) Uh, so tell me right now do you feel like you're doing anything to to help your self-care I take my dog for a walk twice a day, so
0: morning and evening. And I feel like that's a really good time to decompress a little bit. And I sometimes try and not take my phone, but I often find myself catching up on phone calls with family mm-hmm. or friends during that time. I love a long hot shower. That's a really good time for my shower thoughts. Mm-hmm. And
1: wow, apart from
0: that, no. Okay. I,
1: don't. I think there are some practical tools that we can add into your routine I think we would start small and we build so something every day so you have a busy life we're not going to ask you to suddenly find three hours each day to take care of yourself if I asked you to find 30 minutes in the morning do you think you could or even 15 minutes what what would be manageable for you to find each morning
0: I think let's start with 15 and then build up from there just because I do find it quite hard to get out of
1: bed in the morning and
0: like I said I do have to walk the dog before I go to work and I've got a long commute like I'm just not sure it will work to say 30 minutes
1: okay so let's start with 15 I would ask you to schedule it in your calendar with yourself every morning and set your alarm for that time And then let's find two things that you could do during that time. And believe me, within 15 minutes, you can hit the reset button each day to take care of yourself. You could do this in the evening too, if you prefer. I like to think of the morning and the evening as bookends of your day. So it depends on your energy type and if you prefer mornings or evenings. So up to you when, but let's go with mornings for now. If you were to do two things within that time such as a five-minute journaling session, five-minute meditation, perhaps it's stretching, perhaps it's sitting quietly with your coffee. What would be two things out of that list that you think would give you um, some some brain space in the morning?
0: Well, I've never journaled before. <laughs> I, have to, I have to snigger when I say that. Yeah. I've never journaled before, so I think I'd like to try journaling. Great. And then I like the one about just kind of sitting quietly and having a coffee because I do like to that before work when I have time and I've never really seen that as an act of self-care before so that's nice to think that it is a self-care.
1: Yeah okay so new Emma is going to wake up in the morning she's going to make herself a coffee she's going to sit with a brand new fresh journal she's going to write morning pages at the top of it and you're going to write out whatever comes to mind so that you can offload the brain ahead of the day. There are also some prompts as well that that we can talk about just to get you know, the juice is going in the morning. And then I also want you to think about one word that you wanna channel throughout the rest of your day. For example, if you have a really hectic day ahead of you, you might choose a word like calm. And I would recommend putting that on a post-it as well. You can stick it on your laptop screen, but having a word that you can come back to throughout the day will help you show up uh, in a way that you want to as you move throughout all the meetings and such that you'll have. So try that. Try a little AM routine and see if that works for you.
0: Amazing. Okay, I'm going out of character. Love it. Thank you so much. (laughs) That was really good. And tell me... Were there any other practical tips? I know that you've just shared quite a few with us. Was there anything else that you would recommend for somebody who's maybe new to this or just looking to expand their self-care regime?
1: Yes, let's go with three hot tips. So firstly, I would schedule it in with yourself. I think, you know, it's very, very easy to forget to take a little bit of time for yourself. Like we just said, it can be 15 minutes. It can be longer if you have it. it. Depends on, you know, your job, if you have pets, if you have children, But on a Sunday, just plan it in for the week ahead so that you commit to it. Secondly, I would have an AM or a PM bookend strategy as part of that. So what do you want to do for yourself? Identify those two things and and think of whether mornings or evenings work for you. And then I would identify your wellbeing toolkit. Sure, some of it might be the the superficial side of self-care. Some of it might be some of those deep work aspects that you want to do. But think of those three or four tools in your toolkit that you can come back to to use when, like me, you fall off the wagon. Uh, That would be where I would start.
0: Yeah, I love those tips. Thank you so much. And I love that you said, like me, falling off the wagon. (laughs) I just think everybody falls off the wagon. I've actually just recorded, and it was going to come out later this week, a whole podcast episode about falling off the wagon. Right. So I've called it getting into a funk, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's when you just, part of my getting into a funk is falling off the self-care wagon because isn't there something about when you just when you're in it there's something so comfortable about just not getting out of that place so you're just like oh you just eat terrible food and then you just stop doing anything for yourself Uh, and I think I love the piece that you said before and just wanted to pick up on it again that awareness that awareness of understanding for anyone listening I guess it's like a last practical tip of next time you go into a place where you're not Doing your self-care regime, or you're not doing any self-care at all, and you usually do something, become aware of the things that you are doing instead. So maybe you can share with us what happens when you fall off the wagon. But for me, my biggest trigger is I stop binge watching Netflix, but like <laughs> I get really, really hooked on what something. And yeah. maybe every, everyone who's seen my stories knows that I had a, a bad went to a little funky place back in January and ended up binge-watching Grey's Anatomy, but to the point yes. where I didn't come out of my room <laughs> for, like, 24 hours at one point because I was just, like, watching it and just, like, offering food to bear. It was awful. It was such a shameful moment. And I remember after it happened, looking back and being like, I'm really happy that happened, even though it was just ridiculous. Because, why? Because I learned from it to spot yeah. the pattern. Yeah. So then... When I was in my other funk, it happens once a month, around the time of my cycle, I would say. (laughs) Um, And and then I noticed myself wanting to binge watch something again and like staying in bed in the afternoon and watching it and I literally caught myself and I went, oh look, this is what you're doing. This is you not taking care of yourself. And then I was like, okay, tomorrow I have to get up and do 10 minutes of yoga in the morning. And I have to journal before I go to bed and it just was like those are what I call the non-negotiables I think you also probably use that term so that's my non-negotiable so it's a really good tip to just start to become aware of what happens when you fall out of the self-care place and have like one or two things that you just do when you get into that place
1: yes honestly this could be a whole other podcast topic but your menstrual cycle and how that impacts you throughout the month is a topic that I'm fascinated about right now and you know a little tidbit is that men are built on the 24-hour cycle so they release seven to eight hours of testosterone over the night so they wake up ready to go females we are on a bit of a longer cycle right 28 days and I think for you it's it's listening to your body it clearly needs rest and you might interpret that as binge watching Netflix for 24 hours but your body's just telling you it needs a rest and so to your point maybe you flip that into other things it's a very restorative yoga and it's journaling and maybe a really early night and that might you know that might do the trick just as much as a Netflix binge but you do have to listen to yourself your body is so smart it's always telling you things and I think then it's like hey Emma you you need a you need a break so yeah don't, don't ignore those things but to your point maybe it's just channeling it in a different way
0: yeah no I really agree with you on that I also wanted before we finish to just talk lastly and you've mentioned this already about how the deeper work is combining those self-care things also with for example the meditation and the journaling and then you mentioned therapy and coaching so I wanted to ask as somebody who obviously has invested in your own coach and is in this space operating in this industry how do you see coaching as as a form of self-care and why is it so important?
1: Yeah, it comes back to the self-awareness topic for me. It's like somebody holding a mirror up to you and helping you work through those blockers that are restricting you or holding you back or maybe you don't even know are there. So I loved our time together to have an hour every week to talk to somebody about the things that are holding you back, a self-limiting belief, a mindset blocker. You have an amazing model that you move people through to help get you unstuck or get to really like the root cause of what's going on. I truly believe coaching is the backbone of self-awareness and that promotes personal development, personal growth and really drives clarity. And to have that weekly time that holds you accountable is everything right otherwise it it, the work might not happen so I feel so fortunate to be in a place where I could get myself a coach and that was a really big part of something I wanted to do in my early 30s is to you know invest in myself in that way and that was something that I was really proud of that I could do that for myself and we uncovered so much, didn't we? And in, in those three months together, and I think it's such an important form of self-care. I think it's really a way of understanding yourself, self, on a whole new, deeper level, which is really special.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Obviously, as who, <laughs> we're biased. Yeah, we're obviously very biased. But you know, also, I think for me, when it it was a big part of my turning thirty journey was when I turned twenty nine and really felt that something was missing the the change that I that came was because I decided to invest in my mental health with therapy and with coaching and I honestly think and I I appreciate exactly what you said about if you can if it's accessible to you that the highest form of self-care is not even necessarily investing in a coaching program, but it is reaching out for support in some way, whether that's a course, whether that's even just to a friend or whether it's being able to invest in a, in a program, that's the highest form of self-care because that's the highest form of self-love. So obviously, as someone who is biased, I'm obviously going to say that, but I genuinely think it is true that coaching or anything in this space can really be for you a time to to really care for yourself and love yourself
1: yeah and you know even the exercises you can do between the weeks means you can you know take homework and keep doing the work but I honestly think you do an amazing job of sharing free resources too on your platform whether it is journal prompts and things like that and I think you know if people don't follow you I think that's a really great place to start too and um you always share some tips and tricks and I think people can just take some time and do those exercises on their own as well well you just took the words
0: right out of my mouth because I was (laughs) just about to say I'm really obsessed with studio self and I'm always sharing I'm sure people people are probably like come across us from each other probably because we're always tagging each other and stuff and, and sharing things but I love your community and so I really recommend for anybody who's listening who really wants to keep going with these amazing ideas and to put these practical tips into action and really apply them into every day I fully recommend checking out Carly and looking at Studio Self so can you just give the listeners where to find you and uh, details of your Instagram
1: yes thank you for that so Instagram's best place to start so it's at studioself.co and there's a link tree if you want to find out more on the website and things like that. But that's a great place to start. Feel free to to DM me. I'd love to meet you. If you have questions, we can continue the conversation there as well. But yeah, it's really my happy place of the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah. And everyone needs to be played because if you don't, know. This, is, this is a whole other topic, a whole other episode, but in order to create good feelings, positive feelings around social media, you really should follow accounts that are helping you and guiding you and that that's why I came across you it was literally when you were called what was it working women's wellness that's how I came across you it must have been suggested uh, to me because we were friends on Facebook I presume and then it must have come up on my Instagram and I just clicked I didn't know you know that it was you and then understood quite soon that it was but that's because I think I was probably in a time of curating my feed to make sure that I was consuming social media that was effective so that's why I also just really love the, com- the community and what you're doing because it's a positive space to be in when there's so much awful things on the internet so thank you again and thank you so so much for coming to speak today it's been so fun as always and I feel like I feel really calm after like you, you've got Good. a really calming voice when, you, when you're when you speaking really
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so much for having me I really hope everyone enjoys the episode and it's been so great to catch up. amazing
0: on. so thank you guys for listening and even just listening to this podcast was an act of self-care so you've already ticked that there box you go. and I'll see you all on the podcast <laughs> next week bye